Hi, I'm Dave Anthony, voice of the Steinbach Pistons on Mix 96 and SteinbachOnline.com. Unfortunately, with the announcement that the Pistons playoffs have been canceled, the season's over. Comes to an abrupt end and not the way we wanted it to. Not through elimination, but through something that no one can control. It doesn't make it any easier. And we just want to thank uh, thank you for joining us on the broadcasts and making uh, a Pistons playoff run enjoyable while it lasted. Because the games have ended so quickly, we had a lot of great guests lined up uh, through what we hoped was a lengthy playoff run. And since we won't be able to hear them during games, we've decided to put them all on a podcast for you. We wanted to start with a bit of levity. Back when playoffs were just about to start, it was the day of game one. Uh, we shared a special poem. And this is that poem that kicked off the playoffs. Twas the day of the playoffs, and all through Steinbach were hungry hockey players waiting to attack. A team built with it all, depth, heaviness, and quick, led by veteran hockey men in Pollock, Bujik, and Dick. Up front, they had guys who worked hard and were styling, like Young, Neil, Butler, and brothers Bettens, Kyle, and Rylan. More skill and toughness as you go down the line, like Bahoon, Mole, Kilroy, and Purcell, who seems to score all the time. When you talk size, look no further than Doshin. Smaller, but all heart. Players like Cruz and Boshaman. Among the best in the league, it's not fake nor phony. MJHL award winners, Phenoms, Nakins, and Loney. On the blue line, this team is just as deep. Hard to play against and fast, like Caden Cleland's feet. Bigger still, with speed and size that will scare them. The hulking bodies of Reamer and Captain Declan Graham. Rookies have made their mark above and beyond some, in the form of Lucas Fry and young Tucker Hodgson. Two more pillars who play hard, smart and classy. Third-year man from Brandon, Curtis Ireland, and veteran Dylan Cassie. In the crease, it's on lock. Secure, strong, and no bend. With Finney backing up the MJ's top goaltender, Matt Lenz. We've waited and waited. Now the time has come. But it's more than the team that will get this job done. It's volunteers, it's parents, it's fans who will enjoy in the fun. Because to win a championship, it takes everyone. One of the first people we got in contact with was a man from behind the scenes, a guy that the players really loved when he was here, and he's gone on to do some really great things. Joined on the line with Riley Kosmalak, affectionately known as Chief from Saskatoon. Chief, it's great to catch up with you again. Uh, you got you just got done practice, so kind of take us through some of your duties that you're actually doing right now. Uh, you know, we're actually we're actually uh, just about to go on. We, uh, we delayed practice a little bit today to give the guys a bit of a sleep in. But uh, typically, we'd be just finishing up practice right now. So after practice, it's a lot of just laundry, cleanup, all that fun stuff. Yeah, the guy, the stuff the guys here always complain about, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Chief, the Saskatoon Blades have had a very, very strong year. Just what's it been like around uh, around the rink with such a such a winning team this year? Yeah, we've uh, we've had a pretty good year. Uh, we we work pretty hard, our coaches and stuff that so. It's most nights you can guarantee we're gonna go out and work hard, uh, but it's good. It's it's good to be here on a fun win. Uh, that was at a lot in Steinbach where you win lots, and it makes coming to work a lot more fun. All right. So last year you spent time with the Manitoba Moose. This year you decide to to go from the AHL to the WHL. Uh, looking back now at your year, are you even like more stronger resolved in that move? Like with how your career has gone, was that definitely the right decision for you? Uh, I think so. Um, it's given me a lot more skills uh, with the uh, the books and ordering and maintaining inventory and just dealing with players on a daily basis with their gear and whatnot. So it, uh, I think it's definitely been a good move. Chief, uh, you know, anytime we talk with Paul or, or with Graham Pollock, guys that that knew you when you were here in Steinbach, they always rave about your commitment to your job and just the relationship you had with players. To still have that lasting impression here, what does that mean to you that they still think of you so highly? I, I think it's awesome. Um, you know, I I worked pretty. I thought I worked pretty hard for them. 
between school and then I you know, had a job outside of that as well. So it, uh, but it was an awesome, an awesome five years. I can't thank them enough, really, for giving me the start in the career I've had. Talking with Riley Kozbalak, who's in Saskatoon right now as uh, the Steinbeck Pistons are in the playoffs. Are you able to kind of keep an eye on to what Steinbeck's up to uh, throughout the year, Chief? Oh, for sure. Uh, and my parents go to quite a few games still. Uh, you know, I follow them on Instagram and Twitter and Facebook. So it's every day you still see posts and I'll look at the standings once in a while. And here and there when I have time, I'll tune into a game and listen to you talk for a while. Oh, you lucky, lucky guy, eh? <laughs> uh, Chief, speaking of lucky, um, I thought it was really cool that I actually got to come and see you work when Saskatoon was in town to play the Winnipeg Ice. Uh, what was that like to uh, to kind of walk around that arena and have some supporters show up for you? <laughs> it was nice. Uh, not very often my parents get to come to a game anymore. Um, they've come out a couple times, but it's nice to be at home. It was uh, it was good. We were in town for a week, so I got to go home and have some home cooked meals and see my friends again, which was awesome. Uh, Chief, what's the biggest adjustment um, like from when you think about your time in the MJHL to the WHL? Is it size? Is it speed? Is it what? Like, what's the biggest difference you notice when it comes to the on ice from from MJHL to WHL? Um, you know what? I think there's just there's a lot more top end players here. I would say who are maybe a little NHL closer to being ready. Whereas, you know, in Steinbeck, we always had good teams. We had players who could play in this league, but were choosing to go college. Or, you know, they signed in the Western League when they were young and it didn't work out, but they got good as they got older. So we always had a good team in Steinbeck. Uh, here, you know, there's just there's a lot more high-end talent, I find. Um, game's a little bit faster. Uh, teams play a little more games, I think. Um and we practice here a little bit more than we did in junior A, so just a little little higher skill, I'd find. It's more of a business in the WHL, right? Like, how how have you adjusted to to having that kind of personal relationship with players while still understanding it's, it's kind of a business now? You know, I think, I think it helps with my age, where I'm only two years older than guys, so I can relate to them on a personal level. But then I've been around the game long enough where they – uh, respect me as the guy in charge on the equipment side of things. So it's a, it's a fine line, but you just got to keep it separate. Well, Chief, I know when you were in Steinbach, you were tough dog, and you had uh, you had your way of doing things, and you didn't let anybody run you over. Uh, you're doing that there in the dub, too? You're keeping everybody in line? <laughs> doing my best. All right, Chief. Uh, well, thank you so much for taking some time today, and I know that you'll be cheering for the Pistons just like we'll be cheering on the Blades and you and – and best of luck in uh, what we hope for you is a lengthy playoff run as well. Uh, thanks, Dave. Appreciate it. A champion, a Steinbacker, and a former Pistons defenseman all describes our next guest. It's Darby Gula, who we caught up with in Bemidji. He's down in Minnesota, and here's Darbs. There was a lot at first. Obviously, um, I played in the junior hockey in Steinback. Got to live at home uh, my whole career there, so I'd never really been away from home. So the adjust- adjustment to a new town, a new team was a, was a bit of a bit of a process at first but it was all very enjoyable obviously uh college is is an exciting time and uh being uh, kind of like at the next next level of your hockey and education career is is also exciting so it was fun but definitely had a cha- its challenges but uh I'm in my second year now so so I think I kind of got uh, everything under control now all right, yeah, the, just talk about the comfort level c- going from year one to year two because Bemidji State, I mean, like that's an intimidating place to go, I'm sure, w- like even when you think back when you first got there. So just a lot more comfortable this year? Yeah, yeah, that's definitely the biggest difference, I'd say. Uh, uh, obviously, you're just comfortable with all the guys and all your best friends now being being able to play with them for a year and, and just kind of like knowing knowing how – uh, the process of school, the day-to-day life, uh, what uh, your coaches and what your professors expect of you, things like that. Just knowing how kind of everything operates around here, you kind of kind of know what know what to do to get through your days. So that makes everything a lot easier as a freshman coming in. You don't really don't really know how to take care of yourself day in and day out. Kind of you kind of got to take time to adjust to all the the time requirements of 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 you and like get get into class, get into practice, things like that. So. Yeah, year two is just a lot more comfortable. Next, it's on you, right? Like, you're responsible for yourself. If you don't go to class, you suffer. If if you're not ready to go for practice, you suffer. If you don't go and get food, it's on you. You're really, uh, you're responsible for yourself. Yeah, 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 exactly. It's uh, 
you feel a lot more like an adult uh, <laughs> here in college than uh, than junior, but you know it, it has its perks. So. Talking with Darby Gula here uh, at the intermission on uh, Mix 96. Darbs, uh, the Pistons in the playoffs, you know what it's like, and, and you know how the hockey ratchets up in the playoffs. Uh, for you, what was the biggest adjustment going from Junior A uh, to NCAA? Um, other than just, like, uh, like, the skill level improving, obviously everyone's a little bit bigger, faster, stronger, and whatnot, but uh, just the style of hockey was the biggest change for me, uh, first and foremost being the number of games you play, like you really only play 32 to 40 games a season, depending on, on how far you make it. Whereas in junior, uh, what do we play our, our last year? We played something like 80, 85, 90 something my last year junior. So, so that's obviously a drastic change, but uh, the style of play on the ice, uh, it's a lot, it's a, it's a lot more defensive. Uh, it's a lot more of a, of a simple uh, low risk type of game, you know, like a lot of, a lot of chipping pucks, moving pucks quickly, uh, just kind of getting them out of your zone and getting them in, in deep to the other zone. Whereas in junior, uh, I found there was a, there's a lot more willingness to kind of skate with pucks or kind of play that more creative style of game. But uh, that's just not how uh, our team likes to operate in, in college. It's a lot more, I guess, of a pro style game. You could call it that, but yeah, that was the biggest difference for me. Ghouls, uh, it's it's been uh, it's been a year for you. I mean, like, you talk about last year, you learned so much, and then this year, uh, you know, getting your first goal. What was that like, scoring at, at the NCAA level? Yeah, yeah, that was pretty that was pretty exciting. Uh, honestly, uh, it was just a, a shot from the point. When I took it, I didn't expect it to go in because we really didn't have any traffic. I was just trying to kind of hold a puck in on the blue line, but. Uh, it deflected off one of their players and ended up going in. So it was a little bit lucky, but obviously still really exciting. That was that was my first goal of college, first point of the year. So, yeah, that was a lot of fun. Do you still have the puck? Yeah, 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 I do. Are you going to keep that or are you going to make you going to give it to a family member or something? No, I'll probably keep it. I think I, I think I still got my first uh my first junior goal puck back at home, so I'll probably uh, keep it wherever I keep that one. <laughs> Darbs, uh, a lot of people still talk about you, and you, they still hold you in very high regards here. What's it like to know that your hometown is supporting you as you continue on in your hockey and life? Yeah, no, obviously that's huge. It uh, feels really good. I was uh, I was always really proud to be able to say I played in Steinbeck in my, in my hometown. It's something uh, I really appreciate and held close to my heart. So um, it's, good, it's good to hear people still remember me back there. But, uh, yeah, obviously I'm just trying to, just trying to continue success here in Bemidji and try to give them something to talk about, I guess. Are you able to uh, keep an eye on Steinbeck and how they're doing throughout the year and, and now that we're in the playoffs? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I follow their uh, social media accounts, still chat with some of the boys. So so I keep an eye on what, what the guys are up to. Obviously, they, they've had a good season right now, so it doesn't look like they've missed a step. So, yeah, I'm really excited to see what uh, they can do here in the postseason. Darbs, Bemidji is uh, an excellent program, and, and it's close, too. So have your parents and family been able to come out and see some games? Yeah. yeah. My uh, Generally, my mom and my dad and my grandma come to every every uh, home weekend we have here, so that's super nice. Like, It's only it's really only like three and a half hours from, from Steinbeck, so it's like driving to Brandon, Manitoba from Steinbeck. No big deal, right? So, yeah, they're, they're able to come out uh, as much as they can, so that's, that's super nice to be able to see them here and there. For our, for being a, a small city Canadian boy, what's it like going and living in the United States now? Is there that big of a difference between Canada and the U.S.? Um, I would say in northern Minnesota, not as much, just because it's kind of like Bemidji. Bemidji is very similar in size to Steinbeck, and uh, just Minnesota as a whole. It's, it's a it's a culture really driven by by hockey and the outdoors, so it's kind of it's similar in that sense to Canada. It does have its differences. Uh, that's for sure, but uh, uh, I would say Bemidji, Minnesota, is w- would have to be one of the most similar cultures I could have came into coming from Canada. Coming from Canada. Well, what is uh, besides maybe your family? What's something that you miss about Steinbeck? Is it maybe food? Is it something from you remember the Green Tree uh, honey spread they had? Is there something from Steinbeck you really miss? Uh it would just have to be the Pistons organization, I guess, like me and my, my friends there, the teammates I had there, that's probably uh, what I miss most. Most most of my, uh, like the local friends that I had there that weren't involved with hockey or whatever, they kind of moved on to their working careers or whatnot. So, yeah, it's, it would definitely be just playing hockey there and 
showing up to the TG Smith Center every day and just kind of grinding with the boys. That's kind of what I miss most, honestly. Talking with Darby Gula, who's at uh, Bemidji State University right now. A lot of the guys, Darbs, are getting ready to, uh, you know, commit to and go to the next level level of hockey. We've had already a couple guys commit to NCAA Division One from this year's club and last year's as well. Uh, just from your point of view, that whole process, what's that like for a player having that kind of pressure on your shoulders where you're thinking about the game at hand, but you're also trying to think about the next two or three steps of your life? Yeah, yeah. Obviously, it's a, a huge step in your life for me. I found it extremely exciting, yet extremely uh, nerve-wracking, I guess you could say, at the same time, because obviously it's something you've been working for all your life and something you want to do extremely bad. But at the same time, it's a huge, huge decision, you know, choosing where you're, where you're going to go to school and where you're going to live the next four years of your life. Like, it, it's no easy uh, decision to make. So you really got to think of all your options, think about what you really want to get out of it and, and try to try to narrow down your options or, or try to find the, find the best fit for you. So I, I found it extremely enjoyable. Obviously, it was fun to kind of, realize that you're at that stage where it's, where it's realistic that you're going to reach your goals there in the next year or two. But uh, at the same time, it's, it's, a, it's a serious matter, obviously, because you gotta, you got to be uh, living there for the next four years. Just two more for you, Darbs. Uh, when you look back at that championship run from a couple years ago, is it made all the more special with the relationships uh, that you had and still have with some of the guys from that championship team? Yeah, 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 for sure. That, uh, that last season when we ended up going to the RBC Cup there, that's uh, that year as a whole is always something I'm going to uh, remember as one of the best years of, of hockey in my life. Just uh, number one, based on the organization uh, we were playing in, the boys we were playing with, and just how successful we were and kind of like the like the hockey lessons, but also the life lessons you learned there. Obviously, like a playoff run that long, there's a lot of adversity, a lot of challenges, a lot of ups and downs, but like teaches you a lot about yourself as a player and obviously as a human too because you gotta you gotta go through a lot with your teammates and whatnot so it, it was a super special time for me i'll never forget it but uh yeah that was uh, that was obviously an awesome time well darbs as uh pistons fans get ready to cheer on this edition of what they hope is a championship team uh what message do you have to the fans that are listening right now here in steinbach and uh, across southeastern manitoba yeah just keep just keep on cheering on the boys obviously we always love to support and uh, the TG Smith Arena, it, it can get rocking if you just show up. So, uh, you know, just try to go out, enjoy some good hockey, and create a good atmosphere in there. Well, Darbs, keep doing what you're doing, and we'll keep following along with your career. Thank you so much for taking some time, and best of luck the rest of the season. Yeah, thank you. Take care, Dick. The first ever Pistons captain to raise the Turnbull Trophy over his head. Fans will always remember that iconic image of him skating towards the crowd here in Steinbach after they won. Joined on the line with former Pistons captain Kyle Rose. Kyle, thanks for taking some time for me today. No problem. Man, it, uh, it seems like forever ago that uh, you know you were a, a champion with the Steinbach Pistons. Does it feel like another lifetime ago? Yeah, yeah, it's getting to that point there. I mean, I'm, I'm aging a bit quicker than what I thought, and you know those, uh, those memories seem like, uh, seem like forever ago. Well, you're one of the rare guys that can talk about, uh, you know, the franchise going all the way back to 2009, 2010. What was it like your first year with the Pistons moving from Beaujager? I, you know, it was it was different. You were coming into a new town. You know, you didn't really know what to expect. I mean, the organization in uh, in Beaujager there was doing okay, but when uh, when I think it moved to Steinbach there, there was a lot more uh, fan support at first, and you know, it was it was nice for the organization to uh, to get to a place that really supported it. There were a couple lean years on the ice, uh, and, and you had a lot of guys coming and going. What was that like for you as a as a player? Uh, it was. It was frustrating for uh, for the most part there. I mean, seeing a lot of a lot of your friends and pals that were kind of you know giving up on uh, on the, the organization and stuff like that, and then you had other guys that were that were traded away and everything. So I mean, at points in time, it was uh, it, it wasn't exactly the funnest, you know. <laughs> and then you know it starts to change in that uh, 2012 season for sure. It really kind of flipped. At what point, Kyle? Uh, well, well, let's start with what was it like when Paul uh, named you, or when you were named captain? Oh, you know that was uh, that was an honor all on its own. I uh, really appreciated it. I, I felt like I had put in the time to to be where I was there, and 
and for Paul to recognize that, it was uh, it was great for him to to do that for me. Kyle, at what point did you really believe that that team that year could do something really special? Was there a moment where it just kind of clicked for you that you thought you could really do something? Uh, you know, throughout the year, like we we battled all year long. I know we were we were mid range in the standings, and uh, you know, going into playoffs, it, there was there wasn't a whole lot of expectations for us. But I think uh, I think the point where I thought that we could really do something was uh, that game seven against Portage there, when we really we stepped up our game and I thought we had played the best we had all season long. And, and from that point on, I, I really believed that we could do it. You know, Kyle, uh, I was on the other side of that final. I was working for the Dauphin Kings at the time. And I remember following Steinbach and I remember everybody in the league was kind of like, Oh, it's great. Steinbach got through the first round. When you got through the second round though, and we're off to the finals, uh, you actually scared a lot of people in Dauphin. Do you take a lot of pride in being that kind of scrappy underdog team that, Really, you know, only Steinbach and area believed in you? Yeah, for sure. I mean, I, I, I know everybody was kind of rooting for us being the underdog team, and, and we, we felt like that too. We felt like we were underdogs going into it, especially against Dauphin. They were, they were a strong team all year long, but I felt like toughness-wise, we, we matched them, you know, shot for shot and everything like that. And, uh, and I think that's, that's what won us the championship was just hard work and, and the way we battled through. Talking with Kyle Rouse. Kyle, one of the uh, uh, infamous photos in uh, the VIP lounge of the TG Smith Center is you holding up that trophy with just fans going crazy. What was that like when you when you got that trophy passed over to you in your own barn? Yeah, that was that was unbelievable. You know, that was uh, yeah. You know, for for myself, that's there's no other way I I would have imagined going out of that league and uh, and to be able to to lift up that cup at the end of it all. It it really it meant a lot, you know. It, it was all the hard work that uh, that I had put in, and my, my teammates had put in that year. It uh, it really it, it felt amazing at the end of it all. You know, uh, Steinbach would win another championship a couple of years later, and I was lucky enough to be around the guys, and they're still very very tight knit. Are you still close with with guys from that 2012 2013 team? Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, some of my best friends uh, till this day are uh, are a lot of the guys that were on the team there. I mean, I'm still. I'm living in a town now with uh, Justin Dobozik there, and you know I see him at least once a week or so. And you know it, it's nice to be able to talk to those guys and, and keep them around in your lives because you know what they they meant a lot throughout that whole process. When you guys get together, do you ever just reminisce and kind of smile, thinking about what you accomplished, uh, you know, in that year? Oh, I, absolutely. I uh, I had a few of them out at uh, my wedding there uh, last year, and. And uh, we sat down at the table, and even even at my wedding, that's that's what we were talking about. You know, it was uh, you, you reminisce about all the good times and and everything like that. And uh, you know, just just to be able to talk about that kind of stuff with those guys, it, uh, it it's always a blast. Kyle, uh, you Steinbach prides themselves uh, as an organization and as a city uh, for really welcoming in players, making them like family. You're still not forgotten, and you're still talked about by you know volunteers and people around the team. Does that mean a lot to you that you've kind of left that lasting impression? Yeah, you know, yeah, uh, that was my goal. You know, if if I was going to be with that team, I I didn't want to quit. I didn't want to leave. I I had made so many relationships, you know, friendships throughout, you know, people in the town and and everybody involved in the organization and you know, those uh those people to to be remembered like that, that's that's great. You know, that's that's exactly what I had hoped for and uh, and uh you know, that that's great. As a player, uh, Paul will often uh, talk about always needing a Kyle Rouse type. When uh, when he says that, what comes to your mind? What kind of player were you uh, for the Pistons? <laughs> uh, for Paul to say that, that's uh, that, that's great. Um, uh, I don't know for for myself being being in an organization. I, I think just uh, just loyalty and and uh, a hard work ethic. I think that those are guys that are. They'll, they'll come through the organization, and you know what? Those are the kind of guys that'll that'll help win you championships. The ones that will will do anything at at any point in time for their for their teammates, for their team, and yeah, that's that's what I feel like I I left there. Talking with Kyle Rose. Before we get into the captaincy side and and your future and and kind of what you've been up to since uh, going on from the Pistons, I, I see a, a stat line here: the Western Canada Cup team didn't perform as well as you would have liked, but you did get one goal. Uh, is that something that you also kind of will always remember as scoring for the Western Canada Cup? Yeah, I I don't know that that whole trip. I, I felt like we had we had accomplished so much already, and uh, and going to that Western Canada Cup, it was I mean it was an added bonus for us. But we we 
we didn't really, I don't know, we didn't perform. I, I felt like the way we did in the MJ, I think when we got there, it was a bit more overwhelming for us and, and focus and everything like, uh, you know, during the games and stuff like that. And, and after games, like we were, we were on a resort ourselves. It was, it was a little different than not going through, you know, your routine as you would every other day with, with, uh, with being in Steinbach. You know, I, I think that hurt us quite a bit. When you look at how the how far the organization has come since, everybody circles that team that year as really the start and the turning point from where this franchise is now, you know, where it's gone. Uh, when you, For you yourself to be captain of that team and see other guys wear the C down the line, uh, what, what's it like for you to, to have that kind of leadership group continue on from where you started it? Yeah, you know, for for guys to come into the organization and and become leaders like that, that's that's what they need. They they need guys that will that will step up and and fill that role because you know if you get one bad seed that comes in there, it could it could turn it around for the worse, you know. And and you know when I passed it on, it uh, it went to Justin Ogier there, and uh, I know he 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 was a hard worker. He was he was the kind of guy that definitely deserved uh, to wear that C, and and I know he he took it with pride too, and. And you know that's that's kind of what, uh, what you need to to continue an organization like that is is guys like uh, guys like them. You're continuing on in your hockey career, playing for the the Notre Dame Hawks. Uh, just take us through what uh, the last couple of years have been like in the SEMHL. Yeah, you know it's been good. It's uh, it's definitely a different pace of hockey for sure from uh, from junior and stuff like that. But uh, you know it it's been fun. I've been I've uh, been out with a lot of injuries and stuff like that. As <laughs> You know, I'm getting older. I was already an injury-prone kind of player, so as uh, as I'm kind of aging here, it's uh, I'm, I'm slowing down more and more. But uh, you know, playing no matter where you are is is always fun, whether it's rec league or you know the the senior hockey league. There, that's it's always fun just to lace up the skates and uh, and, and be with the group of guys there. Well, you mentioned it. You're married, and you know you're continuing on in life. Uh, you know, away from hockey. Uh, just what's the last couple of years been like for you, Kyle? Uh, it's been good. It's it's been busy. You know, married life always. Uh, there's always something to do, and you know, having our own house and stuff like that. There's uh, there's definitely a lot of projects that that keep me busy. That between that and uh, and I'm doing plumbing now, and that uh, that itself alone is uh, is always uh, a good day's work. So that's kind of been uh, been my life. All right, Kyle. As the the Pistons get ready for hopefully another long playoff run, uh, what would you like to say to the fans to kind of encourage them to support the team, like? the support you had back in 2012-2013? Uh, well, yeah, there's, I mean, the the playoff atmosphere in Steinbach when when we were going through there, that was, it was amazing. You know, you, you didn't see that turnout there for a couple of years and for that barn to be packed and, uh, you know, just just the, the noise itself is, is always encouraging and, you know, the, the more people that come out, the more people that support, it's, it's always great to have everybody in town there just on your side rooting for you. It really gives you, uh, you know, an extra push. So for people in town, I would say, you know, make sure you're loud, make sure you're filling up that barn, and that's, uh, that's the most important thing. Well, Kyle, I hope you can make it out to see a game in person. I know the fans would love to see you, and uh, I appreciate you taking so much time for me today. Thank you very much. Yeah, absolutely, Dave. No problem. Anytime. One of the best goaltenders to ever come out of the Steinback Pistons organization and one of the smartest, most well-spoken and genuinely nice human beings you'll ever meet. Pleased to be joined on the line with former Pistons goaltender and uh, currently at Lake Superior State University, Mr. Roman Bengert. Roman, thanks for doing this today. Hey, no problem at all, Dave. Man, it's been a couple of years since you've been in Steinback. How have you adjusted to life at Lake Superior State? Uh, it's been great here. Um, great people again, uh, just like Steinbeck. So uh, people have been very supportive. Uh, coaching staff and uh, teammates have also been very uh, accommodating and supportive of uh, everyone that comes through here. So it's been a great time. And it seems like forever ago that you were in Steinbeck. Does it feel that way for you? Yes. Yeah. I, I do miss it incredibly much. Uh, I miss the people. I get to see my billets once in a while, but uh, other than that, I definitely miss a lot of people there. I know that your billets still speak very fondly of you and, and even the coaching staff and still fans around Steinbach. What does that mean to still kind of hold a, a special place with a lot of people here in southeastern Manitoba? Oh, it's incredible. It's, it's still a second home to me and and uh, the support that I still get from uh, that community is just incredible. And I definitely want to visit and, and uh, I still support the Pistons a lot, uh, even though I'm 
uh, quite a quite a few miles away. <laughs> yes, talking with Roman Bangert, uh, we're getting ready for playoffs. Obviously, you know like that is starting. Uh, when you were in Steinbach, do you remember what the atmosphere was like at the TG Smith Center for you know, those important games and and those big playoff games? Oh yeah, the crowd was amazing. Um, nothing like it in junior A hockey. I don't think um, one of the best uh, atmospheres that I've experienced uh, in my lifetime as well. Roman, uh, so we go back to uh, your season with Steinbach, the 2016-2017 season. You have such a great year, and then you commit to Lake Superior State University. What was that adjustment like uh, just from the hockey side of things? I know it took a little while for the ball to get rolling, but uh, what was that like on the ice for you going from the MJHL to NCAA? Uh, I think the MJHL really got me ready for uh, life in NCAA. Um, as you can see, a lot of guys have had success as well transitioning. But, um, of course, just like any any uh, jump in level, uh, it, it was difficult to adjust to the speed, especially the goalie timing and stuff like that uh, was uh, a major difference, I guess. Roman, uh, you're doing a lot of incredible things off the ice as well. Uh, you might uh, you might be changing the world. Tell us a little bit about what it's what your success in the classroom. Uh, it's been going well so far. Uh, you know, um, especially when I wasn't able to play a lot of uh, games early on, uh, it was really important for me to keep keep at it in the classroom and and uh, making a change. Hopefully that way as well. So, what are you taking in school right now, Roman? I'm a mathematics major, uh, a concentration in actuarial studies. All right, well, you lost me at mathematics. You had me up to mathematics, and then you said a few more words that I, it sounds really smart. Uh, is that difficult, balancing that, uh, that kind of education with a, hockey, with a hockey ticket as well? It can be. It can be for sure. Uh, we are pretty busy at the rink, so uh, balancing the two can be difficult. But uh, it's really just time management. And, you know, uh, for a lot of us at Steinbeck as well, we took some online courses during that time there. And I think that's a good preparation for, for kids to move up to the college level. Roman, uh, you, you go back to 2017, 2018. It's a really tough year because cause you missed a whole year. Did that make you just kind of appreciate the hockey more now that you're, you're into a full swing and, and kind of doing it the last couple of years? Yeah, yeah. It was definitely hard to sit and watch, uh, especially knowing that uh, uh, it, was, it was such a fun year for me the year before uh, to play lots of games and stand back. Uh, it was definitely kind of bitter too come here and have to watch an entire season. So uh, that was tough, but I think mentally that, uh, that toughened me up too. Well, Roman, uh, I know that you're, you're well on your way to doing some great things both on and off the ice. Uh, the Steinback Pistons remember you fondly, and, and when you look back at some of the things you accomplished, like uh, you know, you're a first-team All-Star, you were a top goaltender, you really started the pipeline. And, and you know, guys will even mention you now. We talked to, to goaltenders even this year, last year, they still remember people talking about you and the impact you had. And you look back to when you had uh, Matt Radomski and, and what you were able to do with him, and now he's in NCAA. Uh, what's it uh, like to have that kind of relationship with goaltenders, even guys that are thousands of miles away? Uh, that's great. Uh, glad to be at least uh, a, you know a role model, hopefully, for some of the kids coming up. Uh, and but I mean, for like guys like Matt, I still talk to, and uh, I'm so happy for his success uh, at the next level as well but uh, no it's it's great for uh, Steinbeck I mean the level of success that they've had in their goaltending is just just outstanding I've never seen anything like it are you able to kind of keep track on what the Pistons are doing throughout the year do you keep an eye on uh, on what they're doing I do yeah Uh, scores and uh, outcomes of course but uh, I do keep in touch with uh, coach Dick and and my billets as well to kind of hear some inside stories as well. But uh, uh, it's nice to still have uh, a good connection with Steinbeck. We talked a little bit about it earlier, but from your point of view, you know, Paul Dick, he's not just a coach. He's, he's a guy that really cares about his players. So, you know, even that you've been gone a couple of years, for him to still kind of be around and, and be accessible, what does that mean to, to guys like you and to other players? Uh, it's great. I, I get to contact him um, if – uh, we need any sort of help, uh, you know, outside of our immediate program that we're in right now at college. Uh, it's it's really nice. He knows a lot of people. He knows a lot about hockey as well. So 
it's a great uh, great person to bounce some ideas off of. Now, I don't think you've seen the great big screen that we have now at the T.G. Smith Center, but you're in a video the, talking about the billets, and uh, you bounced around quite a bit. We did a whole story on SteinbeckOnline.com about the amazing life in hockey that you've led. Uh, to be able to stay in Steinbeck with, a, with the billets that you did, uh, what did that mean to you, and, and how did that help you really uh, in your career and in your life? Well, yeah, this, the loans uh, were just remarkable i of course i stay stay in touch with them and uh, they stay in touch with a lot of their billets uh billets that they've had and they've provided a, a second home for a lot of young young men and for us it's that amount of support you know elevates our game while we're there and that is a huge reason why that team has success is the incredible builds that they're able to. Well, I know Colin's doing online scoring now, Roman, so he sits beside me, and he's never shy to, to blurt out some Roman Banger facts. He, he, I, you, you say a lot of billets have gone through, but you might be the favorite. He, he, really, lo- he really loved uh, having you there, that's for sure. Yeah, it was great to have a family of uh, you know hockey fans and, and goalie fans as well. So. All right, Roman, we'll wrap up with this. Uh, you're at Lake Superior State University right now. What is in the future for Roman? Where do you see yourself going, whether it's on the ice or or in uh, in the real world, like wh- what comes next for you? Uh, in fact, I am graduating this year, uh, so I am looking to go to grad school uh, for the next year. And um, from there, I'm not uh, exactly sure where I'm going to go. Um, I'm hoping to play some pro hockey in Japan uh, in the near future. But uh, other than that, I don't have an immediate plan yet. That is incredible. I hope that uh, if you do sign pro in Japan, you'll let us know and, and we can uh, tell people about that incredible story as well, Roman. That would be fantastic. Sounds good, dude. Roman, thank you so much for taking some time, and I hope you have a great uh, rest of your school year. Thank you. You as well. Even saying his name puts a smile on your face because, let's face it, he made a lot of people smile. It's former captain, currently down at Liberty University. Joined on the line now with former Pistons captain, host of the ever-so-popular Bo Show, Jordan Bohinski. It's good to catch up with you again, Bo. Uh, Dave, it's, it's good to hear from you, and it's, it's great to be on. It's, it's, uh, I miss the boys. I miss you guys back home there. You know what? We, uh, we definitely miss you, too. Seeing number 18 skating around without uh, hearing a lot of your voice and seeing a lot of what you did. Uh, it's a little different. What's it been like to adjusting adjusting to life at Liberty University as opposed to uh, playing in Steinbeck? Oh well, you know what? The, the first year was a little bit tougher, you know, because you're moving away um, from Steinbeck where you've been for the last four years. So it was definitely a bit of a challenge. You, you definitely miss it a bit. But I mean, now that that I've just become accustomed to life uh, uh, here uh, at Liberty University, it, it's been incredible. You know, this place is uh, is just an unbelievable school. Um, the, the student and the fan support that we get uh, at home games is unbelievable. You know, playing for like 4,000 uh, fans uh, every weekend. Um, it, it, it's just been such a blessing. And, and you know, the school here is great too. It's, it's a bit different though, Dave. You know, I'm not, you know, I'm not the sharpest knife in the drawer. So, I mean, full-time school took, a, you know, took me behind the woodshed for the first year, but it's been a lot better now. That is really good to hear that you're adjusting, uh, adjusting well. Stop moving around, Bo, because you're kind of cutting in and out a little bit. I know you're, uh, you're always moving. You're always doing something. Uh, we've been tracking along with the Bo Show, and, man, that has grown, I think, even beyond maybe what you would have thought you've been able to accomplish since going to Liberty. Yeah. Um, no, absolutely. Um, it, it's... Uh, it's been awesome. You know, I've just been trying to work as hard as I can, um, you know, trying to make a career for myself in that area. And, I mean, you know, it's, uh, it's been crazy to see what's happened with it. You know, we've got some high-profile guests that have come on the podcast. And uh, now, you know, obviously uh, we have the new Bono segment uh, that's now televised in six different states across the U.S. I mean, um, it's, uh, it's been incredible. You know, uh, there's a production team that, that's helping me out as well to make graphics and, and, and edit the, the, the Bono show. But then on the other hand, the podcast, and, 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 and that has been so much fun just because, uh, Dave, we've shot the breeze a, a lot before, and you know how much I like to talk. And so, uh, you know, to sit down with Brock Thompson and just be able to hear our voices for an hour straight, I mean, that's a dream for me. <laughs> so it's, uh, it, it, it's been pretty cool. And like I said, the guests that we've had on have, have just been awesome as well. You know, guys like Dave Anderchuk, a living legend in the NHL. You know, we've had uh, uh, Ryan Whitney from Spit and Chicklets. 
Uh, we've had bar down guys, Jesse, uh, Jesse and Luca, and it's just the list goes on. So it's, it's been super cool. Yeah, you've had some really unique experiences at Liberty. I follow you on social media, and we catch up when we can. But, I mean, like, you've golfed with the guys from Dude Perfect. You've had you know so many opportunities uh, because of what Liberty offers, man. Like, it, it's got to be kind of surreal for you to, to go from, from small-town Manitoba to Liberty University and just all that, the, the, all that it's given you so far. Yeah, 100%. Um, 100%. You know, uh, Liberty coming here for me, it was more than, it was more than just a hockey decision. You know, uh, I mean, obviously, uh, the faith aspect plays into a part too, but here at Liberty, I mean, there's, you just got so many connections, you know, uh, you got people coming here from all over the world to Liberty university. And so you, you find connections, um, you know, someone knows someone who knows someone and all of a sudden, you know, like you mentioned, you're, you're golfing with dude, perfect, or, or, you know, you're, you're going, uh, you know, you know, you're going on set, you're, you know, right in front of, you know, Michael Strahan and the NFL panel in New York City, you know, or, or, you know, you're going to a, a Rangers game, sitting, you know, sitting with, uh, sit, sitting with, with the wives. <laughs> I mean, it, 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 there's been a lot of amazing experiences, and, um, and it, it's because of how awesome the people at Liberty are, uh, how much they care about you as an individual, and how they want to see you succeed. And so, you know, I've been the, the product of that over and over of people just, you know, doing, uh, doing favors. And obviously, you know, you, you help them out in return. But just a lot of amazing people here doing, uh, doing pretty special things for each other. So, yeah. Talking with Jordan Bohinski, uh, Bo, you know, you talk about the people there. How much do they remind you of the people here in Steinbeck where you spent, uh, you know, three solid years? <laughs> uh, the same. The same. Um, you know, that was huge for me. Coming from Steinbach, where a place uh, where so many amazing friendships, uh, mentorships that that people like people who mentored me, um, uh, billets, uh, the coaching staff, and and just ev- everyone, the volunteers, everyone who was involved, how much they cared for you. I mean, I know I mentioned this before about the people here, how much they cared for you. They wanted you to succeed, but it wasn't just about hockey. It wasn't just a business. It, it was it was a family mentality in Steinbach. I know it still is. But then coming here to Liberty, it was the exact same thing. And so that, that, that's what made the adjustment so much easier is, I mean, like I said, you come here to, to Liberty and it's so much more than hockey. It, it's more than just the game of hockey. I mean, there, there's, there's a lot more involved um, from just a faith aspect and, and friendships and, and um, just people who, who, like I said, want to see you succeed. And so it was, it was a very easy transition because the people here are so similar to, to the amazing, loving people of Steinbeck. I'm sure your family had a bit of an adjustment as well because you were close with your family. They got to come see you play at a lot of uh, not only Pistons home games but road games as well. How have they adjusted to you being away from home? Oh, uh, my grandpa at first didn't want me to come. He he was very confused because he he said, "Jordan, I want the best for you, but I don't know how I'm going to be able to watch you play now." And so like that like that was pretty funny. But I mean. Uh, my parents definitely went through a bit of an adjustment period. My mom took a little bit harder now because she knew she was only going to be able to see me, you know, once or twice in the school year slash hockey season compared to when they would come out every weekend for home games back when I was in Steinbeck. But, I mean, it's a 24-hour drive to where we are in Virginia, uh, so it's not, not drivable <laughs> for them to come visit, so they fly. And the flights aren't cheap either. So uh, it, it, it has been a bit of an adjustment period. They've visited twice this season. Um, to see us play Adrian, Michigan, the number one ranked team, which we swept, which, uh, which was an awesome weekend. And then they, they also came for the Ohio weekend where we have midnight, uh, our, our, uh, our annual midnight game, which, which gets a little rowdy too. But they, they, they visited and they love it here. My dad wants to come to school here. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> Wouldn't so that, that be that, something you're trying to bunk up with your dad? Yeah, that's been funny. He wants to come to school here. <laughs> yeah. I, he, wouldn't, he wouldn't be on the top bunk, I'll tell you that. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're the big dog there, right? Yeah, yeah. So, so uh, but he, he, they, they love it here, man. They, they just they admire it. My brothers, and they just love coming here. Uh, it's a blast every time that they do. Jordan, uh, Liberty University, you know, you're getting ready for your playoffs and, and your big tournaments as well. Uh, just take us through what this year's been like for you and what's coming up next. Yeah, uh, it's been a good year. Um, you know, it, I think this has probably been one of my uh, my best seasons I've had in, in my career, honestly. Just but uh, you, but you don't actually know that for a fact, do you? No, I don't. I don't. So, why so why do I, you not know that? So <laughs> I made a vow to myself at the beginning of the season. I said, I said to myself, I'm not going to look 
at the stat sheet or the points until the end of the season, until the national tournament is over and our season is done. I will not look at the points or stats. So there's been some close calls uh, with, you know, family sending me a screenshot of stats or, <laughs> or, or, you know, some of the boys just shooting the breeze, talking about where everyone's at. But I have managed to stay strong. And I ha- I, to this point, I do not know. I can tell you probably where I'm around. And for that reason, I know that it's probably one of the best years. Yeah. Also, Dave, I don't think I've ever gone more than like four or five games straight with getting a point, and I've done that this year. So I'm like, damn, it's got to be one of the best years. <laughs> <laughs> that is a good so, way of putting it. Yeah. So, so, so I mean, you, you get that instinct, you get that, you get that inkling. But um, um, no, like you mentioned, the national tournament's coming up for us. Uh, we're ranked second right now. Uh, I mean, for for everyone back home, I think Minot State would be a familiar team for them. Uh, Minot State has a lot of former MJ guys um, that that play on them. Uh, Adam Wowrick from Portage. Uh, there was there's a lot of guys. Kerry Morrison, who formerly played for Selkirk Steelers, yep. he was there. Rhett, Rhett Locke, yeah. So I mean, they're, they're, they'll be at the national tournament as well. Um, but but no, just uh, uh, looking forward. This is my third season, so I'm going to be graduating in May, uh, graduating a little bit early, and then possibly either coming back for grad school next year to play uh, play out my eligibility. Um, or or returning back to Winnipeg, where uh, hopefully I can start my career uh, with the Winnipeg Jets, possibly, or you know see what else uh, see what else is in store. Not not exactly sure yet. We're going to make that call after we win a national championship. That's a good idea. That's a good plan A, and then uh, plan two to that. I like that a lot. Uh, Bo, we'll wrap up with this. Fans are getting ready for playoffs. You know Steinbach. You know what it gets like here. So what can you say to the fans as they get ready to cheer on the Pistons for hopefully a lengthy playoff run? Yeah, well, I know you. I, I know it's, it's going to be a lengthy playoff run for sure. I mean, you guys had an unbelievable season this year. Uh, have had ever since I left. Um, fans just just cheer on our guys. I mean, the former Piston. I cannot tell you how much it meant to us seeing you pack the stands. Not only at home, but I know you guys are playing uh, the Blues, Winnipeg, in, in that first round. That's an easy travel for 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 you uh, for for everyone in Steinbach. So. Uh, I know that it meant a lot to us, especially when we saw fans on the road uh, playing in Portage and, and uh, even in Winkler, but especially in Winnipeg uh, on the road in playoffs was incredible. Just seeing our fans pack the stands and making it like a home game for us. But uh, uh, I, I know they will. I don't. I don't think I have to tell them anymore. The Steinback faithful will pull through. Bo, I really appreciate you taking some time. I know that you're a very busy guy. Just before we wrap up, where can people find the Bo Show and everything that you're doing? Uh, give, a, give a plug to your social medias. Yes, yeah, a free plug, absolutely. Uh, you can follow us on Instagram, at the Bo Show Baby, uh, or you can check us out on Twitter, at Bo Show Baby, or you can uh, check us out online. We have a, a website, theboshow.ca, um, where you can find all of our podcasts and all the other content. But, yeah, I appreciate the support, and our podcast is also on Apple Podcasts and, and Spotify if you search that up. So You know what, Bo? We had a chat with Mac Graham earlier in this season, and he still remembers fondly being the first-ever guest on The Bo Show. <laughs> that is true. Mac Graham was the first-ever guest on The Bo Show, and, uh, and I, I think if this, thing, if this Bo Show ever makes it, really, really, really makes it, uh, that he'll probably hold it over my head forever. So. I, th- I think, yeah, he'll always be the one that started it all. Yeah. Bo, absolutely. thanks for doing this today, buddy, and you uh, best of luck the rest of the year heading into the national tournament and beyond. Thanks, Dave, and good luck to you guys as well. The answer to the question is, who is the first ever Piston to score an RBC Cup goal? He came over in a trade at the deadline, and he made an instant impact on and off the ice. All right, joined on the line with former Pistons forward Luke Bellarose. Luke, it's great to hear from you. How have you been doing? Yeah, it's good to hear from you too, Dave. I've been doing well. I've been uh, going to school here in Edmonton, Alberta for the last couple of years, so life's been good. Lots of change, but things have been going really well. Yeah, I mean, it seems like uh, forever ago that you were traded to Steinbach from from Dryden and then went on that lengthy playoff run. Uh, just when, take us back. When you got word that you were coming to Steinbach, what went through your mind? Yeah, it was it was crazy. It was the last the last day before the trade deadline. I had gotten quite a few calls from around the CJ, but I wasn't really interested in any of them. Kind of just thinking I was gonna it was gonna be me sticking around at home. And then I got a call from Paul, I think, on the last second or last day of uh, the trade deadline. Did a little bit of research into the organization and realized pretty quickly that I was uh, going to a pretty special team. So it was a good feeling. 
you came in and you made an instant impact both uh, on the ice and off with fans and teammates. Uh, like, just what was that like going on that run that eventually ended up in a in a Turnbull and Anavet Cup championship? Yeah, it was it was awesome. It was the the first part of uh, the series with Verdon. I know I, I wasn't in uh, in the on the ice a ton, but it was still it was awesome watching the guys, watching the momentum build. Everyone starting to click a lot. I was getting in a little bit during that series, but I was pretty hungry to to start. I, I wanted them. I wanted to get through, so I had a chance to get uh, playing against the SJ. So I know it was it was nice to watch the competition coming up and all the boys going hard. It was good. Everyone started to mesh really well and. The winning kind of kind of brought the confidence up, and uh, yeah, some some you could tell something special was was starting to starting to mold, and then yeah, come uh, come the SJ series, I, I got in there, so it was pretty exciting, even even the first part of it. Yeah, like you were saying, you were kind of in and out of the lineup a bit, but when you got in, you made an impression, especially at the RBC Cup. You are the answer to a trivia question fans won't ever forget. Who was the first Pistons player to score a goal at the RBC Cup? The answer is you. Yeah, yeah, I know that was that was that was the ultimate payoff for me having a having a crazy year, jumping around from Ontario and then Steinbach just before the deadline and, and working my butt off and trying to make sure that uh, I, I did everything to get in the lineup and then finally getting getting all the way there to Chilliwack and being able to put that first one in the back and that was pretty special. What was uh, what was your reaction like when when you saw it go in? Because it was a crazy angle, if I remember correctly. Like I don't think yeah. anybody expected it to go in. Yeah, no, it was. I remember Grady. Uh, he he did a wide dump, and it kind of bounced off the corner of the uh, the corner of the the board, and kind of jumped right back out to me. And I was I hustled past the D man and kind of swatted at it at a really really weird angle. And I think it just it hit something off the goalie's stick or something. It, it ended up in the back. It wasn't very pretty, but it was kind of it was funny. It was one of my first shifts at the RBC, so it was a good way to start it off. Talking with Luke Bellarose, you mentioned Brady, uh, as in Brady Tatro, and you know uh, that trip really solidified a lot of lifelong friendships for a lot of the guys that were on that trip. Uh, Luke, are you included in that? Do you still talk to guys that were on that team? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, being so busy lately, I, I don't talk to a ton of the guys, but we still have our, our Pistons group chat that we have on our Snapchat. So you hear from you hear from the guys, and I see every get guys' faces like on the daily. But I, uh, I talked to Darby Gula still quite a bit. So there's a couple guys that I, that I keep in touch with, but uh, I see all the guys still quite frequently. It's just everyone's so busy in life that it, it gets a little tough to stay in constant connection. But, no, every, we, all the guys have stayed together pretty well. You talk about being busy. I know that you're in school. What else is keeping you busy? Uh, is it still playing hockey? Is it just trying to find your way in life? What keeps you busy, Luke? Yeah, I uh, I was playing over here for the university team for about a month or so, and then I, I kind of realized for the Gramercy and Griffins here in Edmonton, and uh, I realized quickly that it wasn't going to be the same experience that I had in Steinbach, and I was I was really happy with that being kind of you know one of the last really staple years of my hockey career, and uh, so I decided to kind of just uh, work more with my schooling and and get through my diploma as fast as possible, which is coming up to uh, an end here in uh, the end of April. So that went really well, and I actually I just scored a job uh, selling vehicles for Maserati, Alfa Romeo, and uh, Ferrari of Edmonton. So I'll be doing that for the next couple of years. Get out! That is awesome. Like I'm lucky enough to be uh, a Snapchat friends with you, and you seem like you live a pretty lavish lifestyle, Luke. You enjoying <laughs> life after hockey? I am. Yeah, I am. I think when you're when you're young and you're in, you're in that hockey scene it takes up a lot of your life it takes up your weekends and it's awesome and it's giving it your all is is an amazing experience but when you get out of there there's a lot of other stuff that you feel like you, you didn't really get to enjoy full on when you're in your career so yeah i've taken some time to just relax on the weekends and do my own thing and yeah i've been i've been enjoying it as well a little Ta- change of pace but it's good talking with luke bellarose uh luke uh, you know, you were only in Steinbach for a short time, but we talked about the impact, obviously, the uh, the organization had on you. When you think back to the fan base, the fan support during the during your time here, what can you say about the fans? Yeah, they were unbelievable. It was like night after night, no matter what. It was a Wednesday night. It was a Friday night. It was a Saturday. It didn't matter what night of the week it was. Fans were showing up and going crazy and supporting like like I've never seen anywhere else in my junior career so 
it was pretty crazy feeling to get in there and watching everyone and how intense and how involved the community was with the Pistons. It, it did. It made you really want to go a little bit harder out there and push a little bit more because you, you knew you had so many people count on you. And yeah, it was a great atmosphere, and I think the fans are responsible for a big part of that. And the fact that you know people still remember that trademark, the style, the way you skated, the way you hit, and that that smile you brought to the rink every night. What does that mean that you still have that lasting impact here in Steinbeck? Yeah, I mean that's that's a good feeling to hear. I, that I didn't really know that that was the case, but I, I, hearing that it is nice. I mean, I, I think everyone kind of wants to be remembered as something at some point in their life. But yeah, it's, it's good to hear. I hope that uh, all the boys over there are still working hard and good to be remembered. But yeah, happy to hear about it. You're gonna have to make your way out for uh, for a Pistons game at some point here in the near future, Luke, so uh, fans can catch up with you again. Yeah, no, that would be awesome. I'd love to get back there. So got quite a few guys that I would love to go see in Winnipeg and Steinbach, and it'd be awesome to be in the rink, go talk to Paul. So I would, I would love to take you up on that opportunity if we could get something arranged. Could you imagine a reunion from that 2017-18 team, like getting all the boys together? <laughs> yeah, that would be pretty. That'd be a pretty fun time, yeah, for sure. It would have to. It would have oh, to be. It would have to be a weekend. It couldn't be a night, Luke. It would have to be a weekend. Oh, I would. I would be more than happy for it to be a weekend. <laughs> uh, Luke, thank you so much for taking some time for me today. I know you're on your way to class right now, so I appreciate you taking some time. And uh, best of luck in the in the rest of your year and beyond. Yeah, thanks a lot, Dave. Thank you for the opportunity to chat with you here and uh, say hi to any of the boys that were on that team. If they're still around, and big uh, thank you and hello to Paul if you see him next. The back bone of that Steinbach Pistons championship team from back in the day. He's gone on to do some pretty amazing things both on and off the ice. It's goaltender Corey Coop. Corey, thanks for doing this today. Hey, no problem, Dave. All right, so we're kind of going back to the old days, and uh, before you came to Steinbach, you were in Nipawa. What was it like when you got told you were traded to Steinbach? Um, well, it was, uh, it was really good news. Um, at the time I had actually, uh, I'd packed up my gear and had moved back home. So I was sitting there idle, um, waiting for, uh, or watching the trade deadline, uh, fast approaching and, um, didn't hear much action until, uh, yeah, it was a couple of days before that I got the call and, uh, and said I was getting shipped out there. So I, uh, had my bags packed overnight and, uh, was on a flight out there pretty shortly after. Uh, so what did you, you – you obviously played in Steinbeck uh, a couple of times when you were at the Flyers and with the with the Nipawa Natives, but what did you know about that organization before you got traded there? Well, um, I mean, obviously, um, you know, in their, in their beginning, had a couple of uh, rough seasons, but um, a buddy of mine on Nipawa, uh, Justin Delbozik, had obviously been traded to, uh, to Steinbeck earlier in the season, and uh, so he had – he had told me that he had absolutely loved playing there, that, um, you know, the atmosphere that was created, obviously being under uh, the new coach, Paul Dick, that um, they had something special going on in the locker room, and and uh, he had said nothing but good things. So having that insight um, seemed like a team that, um, you know, had turned things around that season, so I was uh, pretty excited to go there. You know, when you look at what that team accomplished, do you feel like you were the missing piece? Like, uh, you were the backbone of what turned into a championship run? No, it's uh, any team that goes on a big run in playoffs. You you got a few people that are um, that got to be playing well. You, you, the team really has to click, is what they say, and um, and it has to happen at the right time. And so we just had uh, had a bunch of guys that um, started putting up career numbers leading into the end of the season, and just the whole team kind of found its groove uh, at the beginning of playoffs. And um, you know, with the way they have seven game series. Uh, and the amount of games that you got to play, you you really need a whole team uh, clicking uh, in order to make something like that happen. Corey, we talked to uh, Kyle Rouse, captain of that championship team, and he said the belief really kicked into high gear after round one versus Portage. Uh, do you feel that's when it really got going, or was there a point maybe before or after you knew this team could accomplish something special? No, I'd have to agree with him there. Um, you know, with the team having not made playoffs before, um, just the energy in the building, the hype, um, you know, we needed to see a, a good series to really get going. And um, anytime you get to game seven, those nerves are there. And, uh, you know, we came in and we, we ended up blowing them out of the water eight, two there. So 
I think when we saw what we could do um, on that stage, um, that really after that that big game seven win, um, you could just feel the buzz in the locker room. The guys were uh, were ready to go. Talking with Corey Coop. Corey, you had to know you were heavy underdogs against a Dauphin Kings team that really stormed their way through the regular season and, you know, faced a little bit of adversity in the playoffs. But did you relish the underdog role heading into that finals? Absolutely. And I think that uh, that played to our advantage big time in that final series. Um, I remember it was uh, sitting, in the, uh, sitting in the hallway before uh, – before game four, um, one of the Dolphin players just said that, um, you know, they win this one and they can win this thing at home. And it just sort of told me that they were, they were looking ahead. They were looking past us already. And, uh, and that really pissed me and pissed a couple of the guys off. So having that underdog factor, we had, had nothing to lose. And, uh, and it helped us just go out there and uh, play game by game. And, um, you know, we really wanted uh, the, yeah, the, uh, we really wanted that league championship. We weren't worried about what was coming next. All right, so you have a chance to close out at home, Corey. And, uh, you know, it's so funny. I look at the video, and you're in the net, so you can actually see the clock counting down. Were you just kind of staring at it, or, or where was your mind at as the final seconds ticked away of Game 6? Oh, it was, it was absolute agony. Um, you know, usually when you got a one-goal game, the other team's got their net empty, and, and the pressure's on, so you wouldn't have had that chance to watch the clock. But... Our forwards just, we went into high gear. We kept the puck in their net. And I just remember sitting there and because uh, we were only up by one goal and those seconds just went by so slow. Um, but how loud the arena got and hearing the fans chant down, um, it was a pretty surreal moment just sitting back and, and watching that and hearing the, uh, the energy in the crowd and um, watching that buzzer finally hit zero. You talked about it. There were some lean years in Steinbach, but for, for what the organization's now been able to accomplish, a lot of people circle that team in 2012-2013. What does that mean to you to be one of the pioneers of what is now one of the top organizations in all of Canada? Uh, it's a pretty pretty special feeling, and um, it's uh, funny how I have some home ties to the town, and uh, so it was cool to really be a part of that, obviously, with my mom being born there, and my grandparents living there, um, you know, just to see what they've become. It's uh, something we're pretty proud of. And um, it, it's a lot of, it's a lot of hard work um, done by people behind the scenes, not just the players on the ice, but um, you know, the management staff that, um, you know, they believed in the organization and they wanted to see it flourish. And, and uh, they're the ones that really, really, um, kept working hard through those tough times to, to put the pieces in place to, to turn the organization around. Talking with Corey Coop, former Pistons goaltender. Uh, so hockey ends for you in Steinbach in 2013, championship and, and a, a lot of great memories. What came next for you? Um, I ended up signing and playing uh, some Division three hockey. Uh, so I went to University of Wisconsin Stout for a year. And then uh, I ended up transferring to St. Scholastica in Duluth. Um, but I had another passion that was, uh, was refing, and that was something I was doing while I was playing uh, out in Steinbach um, and would continue to do in the summers while I was playing uh, my college hockey. And so, uh, so after university there, um, I actually came back and managed to uh, – I lined a season in the MJ. Um, so it was funny seeing all the uh, – you know, still some of the old boys out there. Penner was still on the ice while I was out there. Um, and really just – fell in love with uh with refing the game and so i moved back to bc uh found myself in victoria where i was uh been managing uh the lunch manager at the earls here and uh started to climb my way back up the ranks as an official um so now i currently uh i'm refing in the western league so uh sees me traveling a lot with that refing the bchl and junior b leagues out here um, and then I've uh, started my own little officiating school, uh, so I run that in the summer times. Wow, so you, uh, you're definitely very busy. As a former player, and I think about how Taylor Friesen here in, uh, in Steinbach in southeastern Manitoba, he's an official now as well. Do former players just see the game and, and you know, referee it just a little differently, in your opinion? You know, I think they, um, they just understand that feel for the game right away. Um, you know, it's something that can be learned for guys that, that haven't played before, but I think that, um, 
that's a huge benefit. And just understanding, you know, what the guys are all going through in those moments, um, it really helps with your communication. Um, you know, just because, you got, like I said, you you understand what the uh, what the guys are going through um, when they're in those intense playoff battles. So, um, yeah, definitely, uh, it definitely does help having that uh, that background. And being a goalie, I just got to sit there and watch all the plays develop and and see what was getting called and stuff. So I think that uh, that helps as well. Would you have ever thought that Taylor would end up being uh, one of the best officials in the MJHL? <laughs> you know, I, I have to agree because I think he had uh, he's had every penalty in the book called against him. So he, yeah, he knows you know. what he knows what they look like. <laughs> he knows what they look like. Yeah. Uh, Corey, we're in the playoffs now for Steinbeck. You know how rowdy it can get. Just what do you want to say to the fans to get them uh, down to the rink or get them supporting this team uh, the way they supported you in 2012-2013? We need that atmosphere. Uh, we knew we could come home and uh, come to a loud building. It's a small rink. Uh, the fans are right on top of you, and that, uh, that home ice advantage was everything for us in the playoffs. So keep that going. Uh, Corey, thanks for taking some time for us today, and uh, best of luck continuing on in your officiating career, and uh, thank you so much again for taking some time. Thank you very much, Dave. So we thank all our guests for taking time, and we're glad that we could share the stories and catch up and have some laughs. and. Hopefully uh, you took a trip down memory lane and smiled as well. On behalf of all of our guests, we thank you for listening to this edition of the Steinbach Online Podcast, and we'll see you next year.